Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, our first Monday podcast of the year. I love Monday podcasts, man. They're low stakes. They're more fun. Review pod, like, baby. You right? What'd you get wrong? Foosball is back and better than ever. I know we've uh, we've been talking on the Discord. A lot of people having a lot of success um, on this side on Brodo. If you want to have some success, uh, don't forget to get patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy to get our extra episode. The waiver wire episode is going to be big this week because there's going to be some people that a lot of people are paying way too much money for on the fab wire. And there's going to be other people who are smart enough not to do that and get the cheaper guy who's going to be end up being better anyway. We can guide you there. So patreon.com. Interesting. We might disagree this week. But uh, uh-huh. fantasy. we'll see. Maybe we'll have disagreements. Hmm. Hmm. We don't even know what we're talking about. How do you know you disagree with me? Because it was that, pretty, that was pretty cryptic. Like, Tim. Tim, you said a word. I disagree it with you. It was cryptic. It was, right? it was rather cryptic. I'm just saying we were better at this than other people. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, Patreon.com uh, slash Broto Fantasy. Speaking of being better at things than people, support for this show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Uh, we have personally tried these manscaping bundles, and we can honestly say – Uh, It's great. As a bald man, I've been through a lot of razors. I've been through a lot of buzzers. And the Lawnmower 3.0 is the best one I've ever had. It's got a 7,000 RPM motor. It's got quiet stroke technology, so it's quiet and discreet. You don't got to let everyone in the place know that you're shaving your your area. Uh, And with the protocol BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, all caps, that's B-R-O-T-O, you get 20% off and free shipping with that code and manscape.com. So go help us out. Go get help yourself out and go get that code. Also, if you are in a fantasy league and you're trying to spice things up and you're trying to bring some some pizzazz to the league, but you don't want to spend fucking $300 on a belt, you can get a high-quality, customizable belt at partybelts.com, the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. We are giving those out to our patron league winners it is a one it's a, it's a belt that is really like one size fits all it, it it holds two beers comfortably where if they're even if they're open they're not going anywhere um you can customize it it looks cool honestly it is the best value you're getting in a championship belt out there and that's at partybelts.com by use far. the promo yeah by far uh use the promo code brodo to get 15% off of that and yeah let's Let's get started. What do you guys say? Let's do it. Can't wait. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donnie H. I missed How that voice. I have missed Mr. Donald H. Donnie, Anderson. it's not to say without you, Don. Almost uh, a so- year since we've heard Donnie H.'s beautiful voice. It's been a while. Um, there's a lot of headlines from the first week. Obviously, we have playing done, so first weeks are going to be uh, big and bulky uh, in the news segment. But first, just in case you forgot how we do this, um, we have different categories for different things, and that is how we do it. So the, the categories are the news, the news drop we just heard, followed by we saw that coming, a player that we predicted was going to have a big game and did. Surprise, surprise, a player that kind of took us by surprise that we didn't expect to do good that did or that we didn't expect to do bad that did stock rising three guys each who we are rising on uh, in their outlook for the rest of the season and stock falling we are ending the show with murder and mayhem um who is going down in your stock and in your rankings all right let's get to the first item of news what do you guys say let's do it um i think the first item of news that we could really go to uh is injuries marlon mack he was playing great, and we're and we're not like real fans of Marlon Mack here. We, he has his limitations, but the dude's a good quality veteran back, and he was getting all of the work. He was the main back uh, on the field. He was getting passes. 
he was getting rushes, and then he went down in a non-contact, tore his Achilles. Uh, Jonathan Taylor now looks like the starter. Um, it was looking grim for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, rosterers who who drafted him the other day in the third round, someone that I have been talking about as someone that you're going to really regret drafting so early. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, you got to stay fluid in fantasy because I'm now Jonathan I was Taylor looks to... like a, an absolute steal if you got him. Say you are wrong. I loved me some Jonathan Taylor, and I love him even more. If we were going into the season with Marlon Mack already out, I would have probably drafted Taylor at the turn in our home league. Yeah, so you're getting a, a, a giant value. And, you know, it was interesting because it was almost uh, the opposite of that value because it was actually Naheem Hines, who we'll talk about later in the show, who was the second back on the field, not uh, Jonathan Taylor. But Jonathan Taylor played okay uh, when he came in. But that's the first bit of news, that Marlon Mack injury. It's going to be good for fantasy, man. We already know Phillip Rivers is a running back loving quarterback and with Marlon Mack out of the picture it becomes a lot more clear how that backfield's going to look now. Yep. Um let's go to the next piece of news then if that's if that's for that. Michael Thomas, he suffered a high ankle sprain in the week 1 loss, I mean win over the Buccaneers and it was at a time where like the game was kind of over. It's like ay ay ay. He says he's going to play through it. Obviously, you don't want to hear this out of your first-round pick, especially when you took that chance and took Michael Thomas instead of the running backs that were behind him, a guy like Josh Jacobs, a guy like um, Austin Eckler, particularly Josh Jacobs, who had an insane week this year. Um, but, yeah, Michael Thomas, what's his outlook? It's, it's never good to hear about a high ankle sprain, man, um, something that will, will nag. Saquon Barkley dealt with it all of last season, so – Honestly, if I have Michael Thomas, I hope he sits and gets healthy. And it sucks that you're not going to have a first-round pick for a while. But you'd rather have him perform at his best later in the season. Uh, this is definitely not what you wanted when you drafted him. He seemed like one of the safer picks. So, unfortunate. The thing is, with Michael Thomas, too, if you drafted Michael Thomas in the first round, you likely went RB heavy. Rounds 2, 3, 4, 5 probably grabbed three running backs during that time so you could have some trustworthy pieces behind Michael Thomas, so you might be a little thin at wide receiver behind him, which really sucks because you're if he doesn't play through it, you're going to need a replacement, and you might not be getting that super high-end production that you expected when you drafted him. But let's wait and see how he is, uh, how this goes for him because he's still Michael Thomas. Maybe he'll at least be – I mean, I, I doubt he'll be useless now with a high ankle sprain if he does play through it. But, I mean, time will tell. We're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Emmanuel Sanders looking like a, a high-quality option after scoring a touchdown as well um, in his absence. Blake Jarwin, another non-contact injury that sucks because there was a lot of hype around Blake Jarwin, and although we weren't as high as others around Blake Jarwin, you could see that the Cowboys have designed some stuff for their for their tight end, and they believed in him. And we were watching the game together yesterday, and they went to the tight end over and over again. And, and what's the backup's name again? I, I, for, I forget for some reason. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. They said his name how many times, bro, when we were watching yesterday? Like five, six, seven times? I mean, I mean that's just because he was the new guy on the field. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to disagree also, with you a little bit here. I'm, I'm a little lost by what you're saying. I was going to say. That Blake Darwin, I'm saying that Blake Jarwin, I think, had an opportunity to be good, and now we won't get to see it because he tore his ACL. Honestly, in real life. I feel very sorry for Blake Jarwin. It sucks that he gets his chance. He breaks his ACL. In fantasy, I hate that he got hurt because now people aren't going to be starting him, and I thought he was a bad play all year. Yeah, I, I don't have any Blake Jarwin shares, but sucks for him because he finally was able to be a tight end one, and then first first game, and he uh, gets a non-contact bad injury. Uh, it sucks, man. It just sucks. There's good there's for really, good for Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup. Yeah, they're gonna be just targeted nonstop. Maybe two targets a game will go to someone not named Coop, Gallup, Lamb, and Zeke. Last piece of news: Miles Sanders, who was a surprise scratch that had everyone running to their wires to get Boston Scott, or had people starting Boston Scott who ended up getting injured in that game as well. Um, Surprise scratch. He might play next week. It's a hamstring. You never want to rush hamstrings. Um, yeah, that's it's bad. Good so. for the Washington football team because it seemed like this was a, um injury where he may have been able to play, but 
the Eagles were like, you know what? We think we could beat Washington without him, and they were wrong. Yeah. They were down 17-zip and one, yo. And, sh- and yo, anyone who thought Boston Scott was going to have a role with Miles Sanders healthy, holy moly, that was one of the worst takes ever because Boston Scott, first off, played absolutely terrible. And secondly, Corey Clement had a role too, so it's not even like Boston Scott was the immediate handcuff. Like, that is so clearly going to be like a 75% backfield share for Miles Sanders once he returns. Also to note, that Washington defensive line, it's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. They 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 could be a, a quality Dude, start. Dude, did you see Chase Young made such weeks. a beautiful veteran play? This guy had Carson Wentz wrapped around his ankles. Carson Wentz is on the way down. Young, like, no one should be able to do this. Like, was able to get another life, like, get up. Push the ball out of Wentz's hand while bringing him down while still wrapped around his legs. It was an insane play. And there was a reason why Chase Young was considered like a generational talent coming out. Shout out to him. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that is all for the the news segment. Uh, let's get right into the things we saw coming, the players we love. We saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. So this is basically going to be the part where... Uh, Michael fucked it up. He <laughs> fucked it up. He let it repeat. Oh, for like half a usually second. Usually Tim does this behind the scenes. Michael's a rook today and he already screwed up. <laughs> and he was, he's supposed to point at me when it's time for me to bring it in. Um, usually look, we're we, all in the same room, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a little different. But, uh, you know, uh, what we definitely saw coming was Michael fucking it up at least one time. Yes. Uh, um, sure, sure. Another thing that we saw coming, and I'm sorry, I got to flex on this one because I was begging people around the globe to draft this guy, and he comes out and shows exactly why that is the case uh, right off the bat in week one, and that is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, my guy, my dog, um, the guy that I hang my hat on, the guy that I kind of – I feel like I'm this proud parent because I, like, knew about him before everybody else did – he played in 71% of the team's offensive snaps in week one. Week one. That is legitimately the most he's ever played. He caught two touchdowns. One of them was a complete um, circus grab with one hand. He is clearly the go-to guy for Lamar Jackson. If you don't believe that, then you could just listen to Lamar Jackson's comments about Mark Andrews after. These guys love each other. This, this, this is a, a love fest, and I am all aboard this love fest. Uh, it's clear to me that Mark Andrews is the number one receiver, even though his position is tight end in with the Ravens. And two touchdowns, he is probably, unless unless someone goes crazy in the two Monday night games, he's probably going to end the, the week as tight end one. And, you know, holla at your boy, Mark Andrews. Yeah. So that coming. Dominated. Dominated the uh, who did who I'm bugging out right now. He dominated the Browns. Yeah, he Browns. Had glorious touchdown catch. He was wide open. Lamar Jackson almost missed him, but he he made up for it anyways. Mark Andrews is definitely going to be a force this season. Uh, my first, we saw that coming. Tim started nice. I'm going to start somber on the other side of the ball. Nick Chubb, someone we did not understand why he was going as a first round pick in half PPR leagues. Uh. Kareem Hunt is a big power of that offense, and it really just continued into week one. Nick Chubb played 51% of the snaps, saw 10 rushes and one target. Kareem Hunt saw 46% of the snaps, 13 rushes and six targets. Outrushed him and out-targeted him, and I know they were down a lot, so Kareem Hunt's a better pass catcher, so he was playing a bit more. But Hunt has now outscored Chubb in seven of, in seven of their last nine games dating back to last season in PPR leagues. So it's not like this is something that's like completely brand new. Kareem Hunt looked great. He's clearly a huge part of that offense. Their passing offense looks absolutely atrocious, so they're probably going to lean hard on Chubb and Hunt the entire season. Nick Chubb is looking like he's going to be like an RB2, a little bit touchdown dependent, rather than like this boom RB1 that you think you're getting when you draft in the first round. I think a lot of people, too, when Kareem Hunt got that extension... Dude, it was like, oh, what is going on here? Like, the most of the most of the news was around was around Hunt, but it's like, hey, you know, people don't remember that this is a brand new regime. They don't own Nick Chubb anything. You know, they didn't draft him. So the the guy that drafted him is not there anymore, and they didn't coach him. The guy that coached him last year is not there anymore. 
So, yeah, he led the league in rushing last year, but if they like Kareem Hunt better, Kareem Hunt's going to see more run. I'm 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 nervous if I'm a Nick Chubb guy, but I I don't think it's I don't think it's too late. I think that Nick Chubb could still return some first round value for you. You just gotta hope that it was game script related and not anything else. Yeah, but I mean I ranked him as a low end RB two, and he performed even worse than that. So saw that coming. Yeah, you definitely Jay, did. I'm a your guy. I'm gonna I'll save the strictly week one person for my next one. But right now I'm gonna go a little bit into the. I saw this from like June. And I'm going to go with, I'll, I'll be quick. It's two guys. I just had to. First of all, Chris Carson. I was saying all offseason that this guy had 47 targets, 37 catches, 250 yards. He was an underrated pass catcher, and everyone was ignoring that. People want to talk about Joe Mixon, who doesn't catch passes. Chris Carson actually has a role in the passing game that people just continue to ignore. Right away, he came out week one, six catches, two receiving touchdowns. Can't expect that every week, but he does have a role in the passing game. That gets no love. And secondly, are you, are you worried about how he split the? How I'm also split? not worried about that. They only ran 13 times. Hyde yeah. seven, Carson six. They were winning the entire game. It only looked close in the box score because the Falcons, with their garbage time king Matt Ryan, uh, brought it closer. But doesn't to the that end. doesn't that make you? Because that should be a positive game script for Carson. Doesn't that make you a little nervous? That no, like, they didn't need Carson. Blowout. No man. When you're up three touchdowns, why are you gonna run out your? Injury prone. Exactly. He just coming back from back. an injury. I'm not worried. Okay. Okay. That's a good point. And I'll make this one quick. Someone who I announced as my deep sleeper back in May, Russell Gage, coming out of the gate with 12 targets, nine receptions, 114 yards. He was relevant once Sanu left Atlanta, and he came out of the gate swinging yesterday. Yeah. If it maybe this could be like a Cowboys type offense where there's going to be three wide receivers who could uh be positive fantasy producers each week. If Hayden Hurst isn't good, then it's going to be like that. Yeah. And Hurst only at their reception, so three True targets. Um, Is it my turn now? Yes, it is. This is good. So. Another guy that I was completely climbing up and up and up and up and up on all off season, and then once draft season really started for me, I realized how much I liked this guy because I began to draft him in every single place that I can draft him. He's, besides Mark Andrews, he's my second most owned guy. And it's good to see him come out of the gates like this. And that's Josh Jacobs. Uh, we we told you that the Carolina Panthers sucked last year against the run and they were worse this year. It very much showed when you watched the game. We told you that Josh Jacobs is an elite talent that can make plays. That very much showed throughout the game. And when you're talking about his rushing, he rushed for uh, over 90 yards. When you're talking about the touchdowns, man, you got to be happy about those touchdowns, right? That's really what you're 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 concentrating on the touchdowns. Um, yeah, you got to be. I, I love it, but here's what really makes me happy: six targets, four receptions, forty-six yards for Josh Jacobs. Yummy. We mentioned here. Shout out to Jason Moore, the fantasy footballers, for for the the stuff we we, we like to cite the things that we get things from. Um, Had he him on the pod this past summer. Yes, we did. He mentioned, and he's the one that got it in my head, that there was a bunch of guys. I think it was maybe him or Andy Holly, one of the one of the guys there. And he mentioned that there was a bunch of running backs that had some pass catching success in college who were elite athletes in their rookie season that didn't get much pass catching work. Now is that because they want to limit their rookie season work? Is it because rookie running backs usually struggle with pass protection? All of these things have a reason. But Todd Gurley being the latest example is a guy who is great, could pass catch passes in college, but then didn't do it, and then broke out in his second year doing just that. I think that's what puts Josh Jacobs over the edge. He was a pass catcher in college. He flashed that ability. It was actually between the tackle running that was the big concern for him coming out of college. He's shown he's elite at that. I think Josh Jacobs is on his way to be a top player, and he just got got off the whole thing with a bang. Now, he has a hard schedule coming up, so it's a good thing that that's the case. We're going to see if he's really, really elite elite with these next three matchups, but it's good it's a good that he just got off, the, got off the pine with this. Yeah, tremendous start, no doubt about that. My second, we saw you guys don't have much. You guys don't have much to say about my guys. I mean, I when you they, talk I, 45 minutes about each of them and say every single thing <laughs> you can... <laughs> Hey, I'm Tim. Look, I got something right for once. I'm just kidding. Yo, don't, I'm don't just hate. kidding. 
I dominated in fantasy this weekend. It was phenomenal. I won money on FanDuel. I, you I did. was you did very I well. I was dominant. But it doesn't mean it's not fun to shit on you. All right, I'm coming here now with my second. We saw that coming. Stayed with the Browns, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. We were very low on OBJ coming into this week, uh, going up against Baltimore with their superior uh, trio of cornerbacks and their improved defense. And this dude went three catches for 22 yards on 10 targets. This doesn't even have that much to do with OBJ, really. That offense is just... Baker Mayfield looks like he just forgot how to play quarterback. I don't know how someone could digress so much from a rookie season to his sophomore season and now his first game is third year. I mean, it's his first game and it's a very good defense and there was no preseason. So, and a completely new offense with Kevin Stefanski. So maybe he'll turn it around, but absolutely atrocious, uh, absolutely atrocious performance to start for Mayfield and OBJ. Half of his targets were uncatchable. The dude put up 22 yards and three catches and you were very, very upset if you started OBJ this week. The Browns. Yeah. The Browns were the team that came closest looking as bad as the Jets. Yeah. He's the, in terms of, yeah, well, I, I was going to say a version of what Jason just said, so uh, forget it. I'll just go on to Jason. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, two guys again uh, because I like to break the rules. This guy, man, this guest. guy. I'll be quick. Um, Two wide receivers who I loved as wide receiver three flexes this week. Um. Who really panned out? One of them, Jamison Crowder. We talked about how he had 23 targets last year against Buffalo. This time around, he had 13 targets. Again, uh, just a target machine against Buffalo. Turned and he had the to, opportunity to do so much more because he had three three drops. Inexplicit drops right in his chest. Right when the game started. Yeah. Yeah. So 7-1-15-1 and one was his line. So a very good game for Jamison Crowder, um, fantasy speaking. And then another guy who I loved, who I talked about, he had his best career games against, Anthony Miller. Um Maybe not the best if you look into the future because he only played on 42% of the snaps, which is interesting. But he does what he does against Detroit, caught four catches for 76 yards, and a touchdown. So Anthony Miller and Jameson Crowder both panned out there week one. True that. So those are guys we saw coming. Now, because no one's perfect, guys we didn't see coming, guys that took us by surprise, it's surprise time. Surprise, motherfucker. I missed that one. Surprise, motherfucker. Some yeah, fraz, motherfucker. Watch Dexter if you <laughs> All haven't. All raws, motherfucker. If you haven't yeah, watched yo, Dexter, Dexter, do it. Dexter's a great show. I just rewatched it recently during the pandemic. In the beginning of the pandemic. It really is a great asleep. show, man. I would watch Dexter and then fall asleep and have the weirdest nightmares about murdering people. Dude, Dexter and Fun. Game of Thrones both, like, their first four or five seasons are, like, all-time greats. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of all time greats, my first guy could not be surprised with an all time great, uh, but he did pretty great in this game, and that was Peyton Barber. Now, when I say pretty great, I mean he scored two touchdowns, um, and he had seventeen attempts, which means that he was the person that saw the most work in the Washington backfield. Now, the problem is he only had twenty nine yards on the seventeen touches, one point seven yards in attempt. Classic Peyton um, Barber. Yeah. So J D McKissick, who was listed as a starter, ended up with negative two yards. Um, Classic Antonio, J.D. McKissick. <laughs> Antonio, uh, Antonio Gibson touched the rock 11 times. That's a little bit uh, concerning if you're an Antonio Gibson guy, especially considering if you got Antonio Gibson later. If you were Antonio Gibson in the ninth round type of guy, you don't really care about this. But if you were at the end when Antonio Gibson was going like in the fourth, fifth round type of guy, then uh, you're very disappointed at what you saw out of Antonio Gibson. So... Uh, yeah, Peyton Barber is my surprise because uh, I, I would have I would have put my money in Antonio. Not for nothing, we did say on the preview pod. Don't be shocked if Peyton Barber goes like twelve for twenty five, and he went seventeen for twenty nine. We did say that. We said that. <laughs> so that was nice. My first surprise surprise is a duo here. Not I'm not doing Jason. I didn't give two answers. I'm, I'm going with a duo here. It's different. No, that's not that's not different at all. It's exactly. Different. It's a duo. Nah, he's using of, a different word. Josh it's, Allen. It's, he thinks synonyms change things. It's different. Like you and Jason, like are like have different faces. Like it's different, but it's the same. False. Josh it's Allen, but it's the same. Josh Allen and Cam Newton doing their best Lamar Jackson impressions. If these two guys, that's disrespect to Cam Newton calling him a Lamar Jackson impressionist. I'm just saying. 
It's disrespect. 2019 Lamar Jackson, Disrespect. Right? Fine. Cam Newton being Cam Newton, Josh Allen trying to be Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. Better. These two guys I mean, they, were just... I think Josh Allen was more trying to be Cam Newton than he sure. is Lamar Jackson. God, holy moly. <laughs> Fuck your duo. <laughs> Running quarterback is all I'm trying to say. Both Go these ahead. guys really went in on the ground. We were watching that Jets game. Obviously, we're Jets fans. And we were like, yo, Josh Allen's just straight up running every single time he can. I think he had the first six or seven carries for the Bills and had like seven carries before he even had like three pass attempts. He ended up 14 rushing attempts, 57 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. And then Cam Newton, 15 rush attempts, 75 touchdowns, and two on the ground. 75 touchdowns. 75 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Whoa. Look, even if these guys are bad passers, that many rushing yards and rushing touchdowns and that much rushing work are going to give them absolutely tremendous floors every week. And these were two guys I wasn't necessarily targeting because of their because Cam Newton with the injury and Josh Allen, I don't really trust his uh, passing ability. But, I mean, if they're going to be rushing double-digit times a game, who gives a shit about how good of passers or bad passers they are because that is some high-quality fantasy football usage right there. So Josh Allen and Cam Newton are definitely definitely shocked me how much they ran, and it's looking up for them. You know what's, you know what's crazy, man? I we I mentioned on one of the many shows we did this offseason how I'm staying away from Josh Allen in most drafts unless I can get him in like a later round, which I almost never did in one draft I got him. Um, because if he decides to stop running, then it could be Trubisky-esque. And they were talking, there was narratives during the offseason that he was going to stop running. No, he's not. And because of that, Josh Allen, again, becomes a very high-cap, high-ceiling player in fantasy football, and I'm excited to see that. Um, since you're talking about running quarterbacks, how about Kyler Murray with 100 yards on the ground yesterday before two kneels? I don't think we're on any of us are talking about Kyler Murray, but against a 49ers defense, he had a great fantasy game, 100 yards on the ground. That kid's a playmaker. That kid's about to do something special. If you took him in the sixth round, you're going to be happy about it. Yeah. yeah. True I mean, that. The twins are not very it. talkative in terms of uh, responses. Uh, you're saying no, things that are a little a little confusing to me. I don't know. Like, you, know you know we're not big early quarterback guys. Kyler Murray had a good game. Yeah, I still don't think he should have took him in the sixth round. Yeah, I agree. This yeah. is a review episode. I don't want to argue with you. I'll save the arguing for Wednesday. <laughs> All right, so uh, who's your guy then? My uh, surprise, surprise, motherfucker, is Malcolm Brown, man. So you would think a team that has a UDFA running back it who drafts a running back in the third round then drafts a running back in the second round just is not going to utilize the guy they already had. But that's what they did. Cam, uh, Daryl Henderson, forget about Daryl Henderson. He's probably... He, he just looks fat, no? And he's always hurt, and he just doesn't play. So forget about Daryl Henderson. I mean, he was hurt this game for sure. Cam so. Akers, 14 carries, 39 yards. But he played 20 snaps less than Malcolm Brown, who played the more important snaps in the red zone and on third down, who also had 18 rush attempts for 79 yards. Malcolm Brown looked like the head of that committee. I still think that Cam Akers is going to take control of that back, although Brown looked good. Uh, but it surprised me how good Brown looked and how uh, the touches were shared out. Not for nothing, I know Malcolm Brown did this last year, so people are like, don't think he's gonna be able to like do much else but he looked a lot better than cam Akers, like as a running back overall yesterday like if cam Akers had the game malcolm brown had people would be going crazy so it's interesting to see like i don't think malcolm brown is gonna be this good all year but i agree it was pretty shocking to see him running by far the best of all the running backs in my opinion so i don't really think he's gonna go down as quickly as he did in years past this time around in years past the one thing you got to remember about Malcolm Brown, though, is that he was going to be a running back that was going to compete for a starting running back's job with the Lions. And then the Rams matched the offer on their third string running back, and they gave their backup money. And you saw that with Tyler Higby, too. Like, you saw they gave Tyler Higby money before everyone else knew he was good. And now they gave Malcolm Brown possibly before anyone else knows he's good. I'm on the train with you, man. I, I think that Malcolm Brown has a chance to repeat this this year. I don't think it's necessarily a one-time thing. Yeah, I mean, he definitely stock is definitely up. He could have been in the stock up category as well. My surprise, surprise was Jarek McKinnon. Um, 
I did not expect him to be this involved this early, especially with Tevin Coleman playing, but he was. He was the third down back. He played every single third down. Um, five targets, three receptions for 20 yards and a touchdowns, three rushing attempts for 24 yards. He looked athletic, man. He looked like the guy who they brought in, the guy who had a lot of success in Minnesota the year before he left. So I think Jarek McKinnon, is definitely someone that I'm keeping an eye on. I'm not necessarily, you know, just keep an eye on him. He's 11% rostered, so uh, you'll have a chance to get him if you have a roster spot. But, yeah, surprise me with that touchdown, and I feel good for him. So, shout-out to Jack McKinnon. Shout-out to him is right. Word up. Jack McKinnon out here. And now, finally, surprise, surprise, time to shit on ourselves. We like to do this every now and then because not everyone's right. Here we go. My uh, My surprise is Chris Conley. Michael. I wouldn't really say this is a surprise. Look, I knew there was dud potential here, but what a letdown. The only person I know that started Chris Conley for sure, because he's obviously a dart throw, man. Like, you probably weren't starting Chris Conley, so it's not like I let we let a bunch of people down. We told him to start him over Christian Kirk, and he actually outscored Christian Kirk 1.5 to 1. So we, we made a good call on that one. Look, man, if you told me three Jaguars receivers would have scored a touchdown, I would have bet big-time money that one of them would be Chris Conley. Yeah, that's why I don't—your process wasn't off. Yeah, it turns out Keelan Cole, LaVisca Chenault, and DJ Chark, obviously DJ Chark, but Cole and Chenault are above uh, Conley in the pecking order of targets already. So there goes the Chris Conley love for week one. But what are you going to do? It was a dart throw that didn't work out, except for— Against Christian Kirk. Michael, you suck at fantasy and you get everything wrong. Ah. <laughs> My final surprise. I just got to admit defeat sometimes. Yeah. Dallas Goddard. Oh, yeah. I'm not a big Dallas Goddard guy. You guys know that. Um, I've always been on the I don't want to start a backup tight end train. But he's and not a backup. Exactly. Yo, at la- last year, most games, he was a backup tight end. We tried to tell you this, Jason. Most games last year, he was a backup tight end. There were games where he wasn't, where he was like a slot receiver, basically. Definitely, definitely was super involved. Nine targets, eight catches for 100 yards, and a touchdown. The Eagles wide receivers are depleted right now, and Goddard was a huge part of that offense. So I missed on that one. I'm still not going to be telling people to start Goddard every week, but... Uh. Uh, we intriguing. are going to be telling people to start the guys that we're about to talk about. These are the guys that are rising up our boards. It is the stock Rise up. rising section. In fact, uh, Michael, you got a tip for us? Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John... Our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Grand slam home I'm run. I'm telling you, John. Oh, John. Oh, John. John. I rewatched that movie the other day, and that, that movie's fucking crazy, bro. I want to watch it again. I watched it once. Yeah, I watched it again the other day. It was it was crazy. I, I ordered it. I bought it on Amazon. It was uh, it was on sale, so go sign into my Amazon. Actually, you only don't sign like into my days, Amazon. Though. Amazon robots that are listening to us right now. <laughs> Um, Sign in, I must. <laughs> uh, stock rising. Rise so let's get up. to it. I don't want to go first this time. I went first the first two times. Why don't we let Jason go this time? Reverse counterclockwise. Yeah, I'll go first. Tell me. Give me it. Give me all the monies. Yo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Ooh. If you drafted Mark Ingram in the fifth round, you wanted Mark Ingram to be the back that was in at the goal line, at least in the beginning of the season. Yep. And what happens? Look, Dobbins only had seven attempts, but two touchdowns. And let me stress that he only had 22 yards. So those are very short yardage touchdowns. Mark Ingram, on the other hand, only had 10 carries. And that's how he was last season, too. He's not going to get that many carries. Uh, Gus Edwards mixed in for four carries, I believe. So if Dobbins is going to be the goal line back on that offense with room to grow because they took him for a reason, then J.K. Dobbins is someone that is looking like his ADP, which got a little high for my taste at the end of the season, is going to be worth it. It's still going to be headaches. It's still a three-headed attack over there. But if he's the goal line back, which it seems like, that stock is up. They all basically split work evenly, man, between, uh, what's his face, uh, Dobbins, Ingram, and... Gus Edwards, Gus Bus. So I mean, whew, it's going to be a little scary of a situation week it's to week. The goal line it is, is the best. In, man. It is the best running game, running attack in the league. So 
True that. Michael, you're up. My first stock rising. Let's not forget about the Thursday game, folks, even though it seems like a mile, not a mile, about a week away. It's not a week away yet. Mr. William Fuller the third, Dude. Fifth. The fifth. Third. It's always the third, RG3, and you know. Will Fuller the fifth. He's the clear he's the clear alpha in that offense now and he's no longer just the deep threat that he once was. He was the short to intermediate target guy as well. He basically took over that DeAndre Hopkins role in that offense. He saw over 30% of the targets, 8 receptions, 112 yards on 10 targets against a stingy KC defense. Their pass defense is actually very good. Not uh people just expect the f- since they're KC that their pass defense isn't going to be great and their defense overall is suspect. Not true. They have a actually a very a very solid uh pass defense. So very good game for Will Fuller and barring an injury, he looks like he's gonna be a fantasy stud as long as uh and certainly well worth that fifth, sixth, seventh round pick that you drafted him with. Took over those D hop intermediate routes. Yeah, it was great. Um yeah, I agree with you on that one. Also another wide receiver that you're gonna be really happy where you got him. Uh Robert Woods is my stock up. It's hard to get stock up when you're uh, this high on someone, but his stock is rising. The ice cream sandwich, baby. The ice cream sandwich, always, always underrated, always great. Um, I think this year he turns into a double ice cream sandwich because I think that, like I said in the preview show, this is his first year. This is his first game where he establishes himself as a wide receiver one, and then he establishes that dominance for the rest of the year. Uh, eight targets, six receptions for 105 yards. Got tackled close to the goal line yet again. That's got to correct itself at some point. Um, but you think uh, he got almost double the amount of work of any other player. Cooper Cup was next with five targets. Um, he only had 40 yards. Malcolm Brown after that. Tyler Higby was involved. It it was the Robert Woods show, and yeah. it's clear who is the alpha male in this offense. And I am looking for very much forward to having Robert Woods on my team. And it's not like the Rams are going to run 40 times a game like they did week one the entire season. So, got to love Robert Woods, man. Got to love Robert Woods. Uh, facts only, facts only. Jason, you're up. My second, um, what's this called? Stock up? Stock up. What's Doc. this called? Look at this this, this special <sighs> guest over here. Oh, he graces us with his presence sh- on week one, and now he, uh, he's asking us what these segments are called. Suck it, man. Whatever that, you know, whatever you say, man. Special, um, special guest ass. My bitch. second, so I'm just gonna, all right. My second stock up is Pally Campbell. Pally, yo, talk about Pally. someone who's looking looking up this season. Because when you have Philip Rivers on board, you know that it's gonna be an ugly game. You know that it's gonna be within four points uh, with 30 seconds left, and you know that there's gonna be two receivers and a running back and a tight end who are fantasy viable. And at this point, that second wide receiver is Paris Campbell. Right out of the gate, he tied T.Y. Hilton for the team lead in targets. Came away with that. Nine targets for six catches, 71 yards. Paris Campbell had a lot of hype coming out of school. 4-3-140. Honestly, the only thing that's held him back is health. So as long as he's healthy, him and uh, Phillip Rivers, I think, that are going to have a nice rapport for Campbell to be a wide receiver three all year. Yeah, certainly a very good start. For Paris Campbell, got a lot of uh, a lot of targets and was on the field a lot as well, over eighty percent of snaps. So shout out Paris Campbell. You got a lot of Charger vibes. I feel like out of that game while I was watching it, it was a lot of yeah. uh, it was a lot of Naheem Hines looking exactly like Austin Eckler and uh, Paris Campbell looking exactly like Keenan Allen. And he uh, not brought, exactly any, but you know that role. And he brought over the disappointing game too. He, they just look like the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, they did. They looked exactly like they the lost a game they clearly should have won. It's crazy stuff. Yo, Philip Rivers continues to make the worst decisions at the worst times, and I just can't understand it. Like it's one just of those so picks bad. he threw yesterday. I was like, ugh. Um, I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins as my next guy uh, over here because DeAndre Hopkins lit it up. He absolutely ate up all the targets yesterday, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> he got them. They were his. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing that we were, we were kind of like, I want to say fading DeAndre Hopkins, but kind of like, hey, this could happen, stay away, is because DeAndre Hopkins were like, there's no way he's gonna get targeted at the same amount that he got targeted, uh, in this offense. Well, 16 targets, Yo, 14 don't... catches, Yum. 151 yards, and a, 
Oh, no, no touchdown. But Tim still. Keeps, Kim, Tim keeps talking for us today, saying things that, yeah, Arizona heat what? wave. You remember what I said. Christian Kirk was on pace for 132 targets. Why can't DeAndre Hopkins get at least 18 more? And the True Value Report, I said his floor is wide receiver 10, so he's about as safe as you could get in the second round. All right, fine. Maybe I was the Thank only one. Thank you very much. I'm just knows. saying, like, when you're, when, you're going the, when you're going for, like, the pros and cons of a player, the con that was brought up was he might not get the amount of targets. Well, he did, baby. At least, he did. At least for me, that was the, the concern. He, he, Christian Kirk, five targets, of which, by the way, everyone out here, like a lot of lazy fan, fantasy analysts, we're just talking about how Christian Kirk was good, and we went in the numbers and found out that he was wildly inefficient and not good last season, and he showed that again. Chase Edmonds was actually the next up with five receptions as well. It was really just Kyler Murray running, and when he threw it, he threw it to DeAndre Hopkins. So basically, um, if he's getting that kind of volume, holy shit, look out because Kyler Murray looked really good last week. Yeah, true that. Him and D Hopper. It's a good combo. My second uh, stock rising here is going to be Josh Kelly of the Los Angeles Chargers. Go Chargers, go. Kelly went 12 for 60 on the ground, scored the touchdown, and was the clear goal line back for LAC. And after the game, Anthony Lynn said they would not have won the game without Joshua Kelly on the team. Justin Jackson got hurt. He's out. This is a clear role for Josh Kelly. He's in line for 10 to 15 carries a game at this point. And it kind of sucks for Austin Eckler to see that Joshua Kelly was clearly the uh, goal line back just from the jump. So, I mean, Joshua Kelly clearly has a role, and he's someone who should definitely be added if he is a free agent in your leagues. Um, A little free advice there. Patreon.com slash vet. I mean, I'll tell you. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. If you want to... um. If you want to listen to our waiver wire episode that we are dropping tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, because championships are won on the waiver wire. Is it my turn now? We have. Uh, oh, you didn't do two? I did three. I'm not about to do my third. Yeah. Is it my turn? No, it's, okay. it's Jason's turn. Tim just oh, likes Jason's to skip turn. people. Oh, you're right. I went, I went the wrong way. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, so it is on me. And I'm going to go with another Colt, and his name is Naheem Hines. Hines, Hines. Nice. Talk I, about- I, like, I like Naheem Hines a lot. Talk about bringing the same offense over, man. Like, the Colts are the new Chargers. They got Taylor, who's going to be Melgo. You can all say light versions, but we're just going to leave it at this. Taylor is Melgo. Hines is Eckler. Hilton is, I guess, Keenan Allen. And then Paris Campbell is a combination of Mike Williams or anyone else. And then Hunter Henry and Jack Doyle. Like, I think Paris Campbell plays the Keenan Allen. That's role. why I said you could call Mike him Williams. Keenan Allen. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. They just brought the same offense over. Who knew Naheem Hines was going to be there? Basically, feature back to start the game. At the end of the game, it was more Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can't ignore uh, how many touches was it? 15 touches. He was out like carries. Yeah. He was out touched by Jonathan Taylor in the at the end of the game. But it doesn't matter because he was the lead back during the game, in the beginning of the game. He's going to have a role all season. Yeah. Stock is up for Naheem Looks Hines. like I missed on Naheem Hines here because I was not interested in Naheem Hines. I started taking him at the end of all my drafts close to season. You and did. Michael was like, what are you doing? I, I did like, not like what? Hines because, look, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack were clearly going to have roles. I didn't want a third running back on the team. But turns out that Phillip Rivers just throws to running backs nonstop, even when he's not on the Chargers. So... That was a miss for me there. Naeem Hines' stock is definitely way up from what it was. Michael? My second stock up is... Third. Third third stock up is counterpart Jonathan Taylor. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Both of them, honestly, with Mack out. After Marlon Mack got hurt, Taylor saw 11 carries and 7 targets to Hines' 3 carries and 7 targets. Running back saw 19 targets from Phillip Rivers yesterday. What a joke that is. That's absolutely ridiculous. If we were drafting today, I would consider Jonathan Taylor at the 12-13 turn. That's where I picked in our home league. Honestly, it's just it's looking like he's going to be a stud the rest of the season. It's a great offensive line, and he's clearly going to be involved in the passing game. One of the negatives for Jonathan Taylor was, oh, he can't really pass catch that well. How involved is he going to be in the passing game? And guess what? He showed he is going to be involved in the passing game. So Jonathan Taylor's stock is way up as well, especially Marlon with Marlon Mack. Mack. 
now out for the season. That was a huge, huge loss and huge. Uh, Taylor's going to be a huge benefactor of that one there. Marlon Mack too. Like you can, he, he was getting catches. So if Marlon Mack could do it, yeah. you know, Jonathan Taylor's going to do it. Um, I'm going to go all the way back to Thursday, like Michael did, and I'm going to say my stock up is David Johnson. Um, he's a guy that we were. That I was higher on, the, I think, than you guys. Or were you guys? I don't want to put words in your you mouth like anymore. Them. For once, you're right. All right. <laughs> so uh, I was a little higher on. But it's because, you know, they, you know he, this guy, Bill O'Brien, is going to give the ball to the running back no matter what. They were down. They were getting blown out. And they were hitting the ball to David Johnson anyway. 11 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Three catches for 32 yards. I mean, you got to love that efficiency. He had a couple runs where he looked like he was explosive. He did have one run where he was going to the sideline that I feel like he was a little slower than other guys, but he's never been the fastest of guys. He's more, you know, shifty and powerful. So I think David Johnson, if he is, you know, three catches a game and 11 touches, 11 to 15 carries, that's a guy that I want on my team uh, for a team that's going to run the ball over and over and over again. So David Johnson definitely is looking up. DJ did look better than I expected him to. But again, it was against the Chiefs who their defense is basically – if teams want to run against us, sure, we're going to stop the pass. So we'll see how DJ performs the next couple of weeks. But definitely the start people wanted if they had if they drafted David Johnson in the fourth round. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. And I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. You know, that's a long one for a... Uh, it's a depressing one. It's too <laughs> I long. know, we gotta, we gotta end it with just, like, the worst. <laughs> like, we, me and Michael talked about this every time. Like, yo, we should change this. And we just did it. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, we're going to continue going. Um, as I put on my air purifier by accident, I don't know how to turn this thing off. What is going on here? All right, there you go. Um, my first guy, DJ Moore, man. Stock falling, and here's why. He's not falling that hard. I'm not panicking over a game where he didn't do great. I just think that we hadn't seen a Matt Rule offense before, and we see it now. And it's a little bit of uh, let's spread this ball out kind of thing. All three of the receivers got some work. So I'm afraid that DJ Moore might be trapped in a three-headed monster, which is uh, never a good thing. Not for nothing. I know there's some, like, you, you're obviously a little worried about DJ Moore. He did see nine targets, though. Two in the red zone. Excuse me, two in the end zone. And his target share yesterday was higher than his average target share last season. Okay, then all right. So, Michael just we, you, what you just heard there was Michael schooling me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but it was um, I mean I, it was I, a little worrisome to see him only catch four balls and all that. It wasn't it was a great great matchup against Oakland. Uh excuse me, Las Vegas. Oh, I did it. No, oh, you did it. <laughs> you <laughs> did it. You yes. could have kept going. We didn't even realize against Las Vegas. Damn. But uh yeah. write it down. He was still the, the bet is over 3 times. <laughs> He was, I'll write it down. He was still getting the targets, and uh, I still believe in the talent there. And Robbie Anderson isn't going to catch a seventy-five yard touchdown every game. Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> sorry, just dropped the mic because I got too excited. Teddy Bridgewater's fucking buns yesterday just confirmed <laughs> that. So DJ Moore stock is down because he has buns thrown to him, straight buns, man. <laughs> Call him Jacoby Brissett Jr. Oh man. Buns, that's that's a classic, Jason. He is Jason's upset. Buns. Jason, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go next because you seem hyped up. Let's go. Let's keep that energy up. <laughs> it would be stock down. It would be Bridgewater if Bridgewater could have a lower stock. But <laughs> oh man, you guys are never gonna let up to this guy. Like damn, <laughs> you know. Oh, all right, perfect transition there. Someone we're never gonna let up on. Stock down, Joe Doodoo Butter Mixon. Oh, Jason, just letting it, Jason, let the rain fall. Rip, baby. Let the rain fall. Yo, classic Joe Mixon. 19 attempts. What does he do with it? 69 yards. Two targets only. What else is new for only two receiving yards? And then he loses a fumble. And the only thing these Joe Mixon truthers can say at the end of the day is, but he's never lost a fumble. Like, I give a shit. He was so bad. Who is in in the two-minute drive? Gio Bernard. As long as Gio Bernard is the back end during a two-minute drive, Joe Mixon is not going to be the first-round pick that people wanted him to be. Today, if we were drafting, Jonathan Taylor is a better pick than Joe Mixon. Just after week one. 
His stock is uh, down. It's hard to it's hard to argue with that. Shout out to Casanova, um, one of the writers on staff. He he wrote an entire article about how Gio Bernard is the forgotten handcuff that everyone should own, and how Gio Bernard is actually the better player than Joe Mixon if you just in terms of stats. And we mentioned this multiple times. And whenever you get into an argument with someone on Twitter about Joe Mixon, because Joe Mixon is a very hot topic on Twitter, um, it's people always can't admit like they're wrong. But he's a three-down back. He's not, and he never has been. He's not involved in the passing game, and he has never been. Gio Bernard's been the passing downs back for ages. Gio Bernard, when he was last time he was healthy, was a startable flex player, a legit one. I don't know. I, I, um, you know, we're not fans of Joe Mixon. It's very, it's very simple. It's very easy to understand. We're not. Yeah, I mean, he has. One game in 2017, one game in 2019, and one game in 2018 where he had less than 20 touches and reached 100 yards. Like, the dude's a volume-based back. Speaking of uh, stock falling, a guy that, again, it's hard not to do victory laps on on week one. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I predicted this for the season. It happened in game one, so it's true. But so far, Hayden Hurst, we warned you that Hayden— that Hayden Hurst's role was not nearly as good as you thought it was. Hayden Hurst was going to a team that did not use the tight end at all for years until they used them last year. And that was because the tight end was special. And that's exactly what happened. So, and when you have a game where Matt Ryan throws the ball over 50 times and you come down with three catches on four targets... Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. Sorry. Yuck. Fucking yuck. Yuck, and it's going to continue to yuck, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hayden Hurst people who took him and now regret it. After but week one, gonna... it's looking like Russell Gage is Austin Hooper's replacement. Yes, exactly. It's Or, yeah, anyone besides Hayden Hurst. Todd Gurley <laughs> didn't even get that much work out of the backfield. Like, he's clearly the fifth option on this team. So, uh, I don't want the fifth option. You can have that. Yeah, fair enough. Everyone knows how I feel about Hayden Hurst at this point. Jeez Louise, that guy is being so, so overrated all year long, all offseason long. But uh, my first stock falling, Patriots position players. Total yuck everywhere. I I mean, I tried telling you not to draft any Patriots. Like, I tried telling you. And Burkhead, Michelle, and James White played nearly the same amount of snaps each and J.J. Taylor mixed in. Julian Edelman was off the field for two receiver sets. And Cam Newton threw for 155 yards. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Like, if this is going to be a Cam Newton show, then that's terrible for the pass catchers. I mean, Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman both put up, like, 8 to 10 points or something of that sort. But that's that's 100% their ceiling unless they catch touchdowns. And Cam Newton is basically the... Goal line back two had two rushing touchdowns at the goal line, so I I'm still just completely off all Patriots position players. Like if you want to start Cam Newton, go ahead, but good luck trusting P- Patriots position players week in and week out. I um, I agree so much, so I much still, agreement. I, I don't know. I I still like James White, dude. Cam Newton threw for 155 yards, and people are anointing him the MVP and shit already. Like yo, yeah. relax. Uh, I mean, it's they beat it's, the Dolphins, and he threw for 155 yards. Like, what are you doing? If you're if you're streaming quarterbacks and you stream Cam Newton and you have him on your roster now, you're pretty you're pretty stoked about it. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, sure, but I, that's that's there's a difference between fantasy and real life and quarterbacking, and running as a quarterback. I don't know. I, I yeah, I guess I see where you're coming from. Like, I, it was I, not I'm a little. M- it was not an MVP type performance. They struggled against the Miami Dolphins. I was uh I'm a little more bullish on this team. I think that as Cam gains confidence, he'll throw more and as he throws more the the weapons will probably become more um you know, they're never going to be reliable, but they'll be more playable. We shall I, see. I still I still have hope for James White. Uh Jason, who's your last stock falling? Second one, Mr. Timothy. Oh, second one, second one. Go ahead. I'm going to stick to the running backs here and it goes in line with my stock rising. Um Mark Ingram rise up. Uh, last season, he was super efficient. He had t- uh, 15 touchdowns 
And then we see that he had 10 rushes, kind of like last year, but no receiving work, no goal line work. Not a good start there. Not what you want to see. If you were drafting Ingram, it's because you were hoping he was going to be a goal line back who's going to get some pass catching work. Didn't get either week one. So stock down until we see something better. I'm going to go with a guy that it's, it's a little bit fishy out there for Zach Ertz, man. Um, apparently, he's having like arguments with the front office because the Eagles are currently in the process of paying people and he is not getting paid. And he's mad about it. And I wouldn't, I don't blame him because he's got Dallas Goddard breathing down his neck. And it seems like the team, at least in game one, uh, likes Goddard a lot. And when you're looking at Ertz, he salvaged his day with a touchdown, but three receptions for 18 yards on seven, uh, uh, on tar- seven targets. Excuse me. I'm a little nervous that I'm a Zach Oates if I'm rostering Zach Ertz. Excuse me. I'm I'm not panicking. I mean, the Me dude either. caught he a touchdown too, yeah, and had nine targets. Like, let's relax a little. I bit. think just because I he see the targets. point that seven Goddard targets. had a lot of work, but he had seven. I'm targets. not panicking. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey was also out. the The rookie Jalen Rager led the wide receivers in snaps. Like, it's not like they had a fully healthy receiving core or like a fully chemistry built receiving core. There was no Miles Sanders. Like, Dallas Goddard's and, good, but let's not just the, and, say Zach Ertz is a piece of trash now. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying his stock's down. I'm not saying that's all I'm saying. Because all those things, all those factors you said, should have helped Ertz have a good game. And he didn't. I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He caught a touchdown on three catches and what, like 18 sure. yards? I, I mean, mean I, I, he didn't have a bad game because he caught a touchdown. But I think, look, you, you got to read the tea leaves on the wall sometimes. And he's not getting paid. He's fighting with. He's fighting within. I don't know. I think that I, I would be nervous about his status as a every week kind of guy going forward that you can rely on with consistency like you could in the past with Zach Ertz. We'll see. My second stock falling, Chris Thompson. James Robinson handled every single Jacksonville carry, and Chris Thompson caught two balls for five yards. Chris Thompson is not looking anything like what people expected from a John Gruden back, especially in a game where they were trailing. Like, they were trailing, and they needed to pass. Gardner Minshew uses his legs, and running quarterbacks historically don't throw to their running back quite as much as stationary uh, pocket quarterbacks do. So it's just looking like Chris Thompson is going to be basically useless. I mean, James Robinson, the UDFA, had 18 carries to Thompson zero. Like, if Thompson isn't going to have any role at all in the rushing game, and you just have to bank on the running back catching passes in a Jaguars offense... No, thank you. I figured I thought he'd have a much bigger role at least week one. Although Gardner Minshew balled the fuck out. Yes, he did. Only one incomplete pass the entire game. Shout out Gardner Minshew. Efficient AF. My last guy of the day, stock falling. Honestly, team falling, man. Sheesh. It's Austin Hooper. The Browns were despicable. Despicable is an understatement. Um, I'm not giving up just yet. It's still Kevin Stefanski. He loves to use his tight ends. But in a game where they were losing, where the secondary in the team they were facing was great, Austin Hooper only got two targets. I'm not concerned. People might cite the Njoku touchdown. I'm not concerned about that. That was a heavy touchdown set. So it Njoku's wasn't, hurt now, too. So. Njoku's hurt now, too. But it wasn't like Njoku was in for Hooper. That was just the way that the play went. So I'm not worried about that at all. But I, oh man, I'm going to need to see Stefanski use Hooper more before I trust him again because that offense looks terrible and two targets isn't going to cut it. And to end it off, folks, the first review episode of the week of the year, Terry McLaurin, guys. There was a reason why. There was a reason why I was a little scared off by Terry McLaurin in the fourth, fifth round, despite the fact that he's super talented. It's because his quarterback is Dwayne Haskins. Terry McLaurin went 5 for 61 on 7 targets. How many times is he going to have that exact stat line this year? Like, Dwayne Haskins went 17 for 31 for 177 yards. Do we really expect him to be that much better than that? If Terry McLaurin doesn't break out a yards after catch touchdown, how many times is he going to score this season? Terry McLaurin is someone after week 1 in a decent matchup against Philly I'd be trying to sell if I had him because that passing, they were a run first team, even though they were trailing. Dwayne Haskins did not look like he improved much. 
And as good as Terry McLaurin is, I don't know how good he's going to be able to produce with that team, how well he's going to be able to produce with them. So I I would not be happy about owning Terry McLaurin right now because 5 for 61 on 7 targets seems like something that's just going to be happening. Like weekly for the guy. I don't know. That's what you saw last year, though. I feel like five and sixty-one is kind of its floor. He's either going to do that or he's going to catch a touchdown and do that. That's what I'm saying. Like he he got eight point six in a game where Haskins passed for 155 yards, like 177. And what do we expect Haskins to throw for a lot more than that? No, but I think that that's his floor. I don't think he's going to throw for less than that. So like, is he going to throw for much much more than that? But you're talking about like. 177 yards. He had 61 yards of that. That's a pretty good ratio. I'm, I'm taking that. And he was know. targeted. We know that times. Haskins was the concern, but I'm not panicking on McLaurin. Just, yeah, no, after after the first game, I'm saying yuck to that passing offense, and I'm not super interested. Look, I'm sure he'll be a wide receiver three all season, but some people are drafting him going RB early and getting them as their wide receiver one or drafting him as their wide receiver two. Well, that was never a good idea. If he was a, a fourth or fifth one, round pick, so I, I think he could be a wide receiver too. For, sure. right, we'll for sure. I mean, I'm. I think his stock's a little bit down after that week. He's not right. someone I'd be targeting if drafts were. Today so you would be looking to get ADP. someone off of waivers. Ooh. Tim. Ooh. If you want your stock to be up, then join us on our waiver show. It is Patreon exclusive. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to get that because, you know, we, you know, we give out some stuff for free and then you got to pay for some stuff. You know, that's how that's the way that the market has regulated itself in this new 21st century. And we must play the game. Another way for us to play the game is with ad reads. And we would tell you only about things that we actually like. So 20% off Manscaped to shave those balls of yours Cold because brother. we because every time you every you know, everyone knows. Sometimes it gets a little much down there. You gotta. You, you, this is not the nineteen. It's not nineteen seventy three. You're not going to the disco, all right? You're, you're here. You're We're not here. going to the disco. So, that sucks. I've been no, looking forward to the disco all day. You're not going to the disco. Cafe Sorry, disco. Mike. And what if, if cafe you're disco? Up, Let's go. Hashtag the office. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Broto B R O T O is the code to get twenty percent off and free shipping on your first order. Get that because the lawnmower 3.0 is a powerful machine and it does a great job. Even if you just and want also, some great boxers, I'm wearing them now. They're so comfy. And the shirt too. The shirt's like, I I will say this: if you're a fatter guy uh, like myself with a little belly, get a size up because it's uh it's a nice fitting. It's a fitted shirt. It is a fitted like, shirt. Yeah. Like a guy that Jason, like the, a guy like Jason, is probably swagging in that thing. Swagoo. Yeah. Swagoo. Johnny reposted. Uh, I took a picture in it yesterday. Johnny reposted, and someone hit up his DM. So I was swagging in it. I'm just saying. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Um, there you go. Also, if you want to swag in your league mates after you win a championship, Party Belts is the best place to do it at an affordable price. Um, get 15% off as well if you use the promo code BROTO, BROTO in all caps. Look, these belts out here are cool, and everyone wants them. But at the same time, it's COVID time out here, and we don't have. to $400 to spend on a belt. If you want a belt that looks just as good with that's more practical because it's one size fits all and it holds two beers on the side and you can completely customize the front. It looks dope. Uh, It's big. So you could like hold it over your shoulder and feel like the rock Uh, go to partybelts.com to get that. Literally, if you're in a 10 or 12 person league, you each put in $3 and you have a dope prize. Yeah. It's awesome. And when you're in a 12 person league with Michael and Jason, then Three dollars is like a magic word to them because these guys are, these guys. Are, that's that's their that's their limit about their limit. Jason once said he won't buy a bagel at a bagel shop because he refuses to pay over three dollars for a bagel. Uh, I never said the three dollar thing, but everyone in listen, if you're from New York City or you've been here or something, I'm not going to a bagel shop and spending twelve dollars for a bagel and coffee when I could make that at home for like fourteen cents. All right. Yeah, but you're getting it because of the quality of New York bagels. Yeah, I choose so quality like over quantity. once every two months because I don't eat bagels that much. I'll splurge because it's delicious. But besides that, I'm not going to a bagel shop every day. Brooklyn bagel, yo. <laughs> delicious bagels. <laughs> that is that is very true. Jason, where can they find you if they want to make fun of you about bagels? At Brodo FF Jason. Michael. At Brodo FF Mike. Find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. And you can find us all at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, BrotoFantasy.com for everything, including our rankings, our waiver rankings, 
Um, what else? Our true throw value and true target value. That's one of the best resources you could have during the season. And plenty. Oh, articles. We got articles coming out like crazy. Thank you so much for growing the website the way you've grown it. This has been our most successful two months in our website's history, and it's all because of you guys. Shout out by to our far. new writers. Yeah, by far. So thank you guys so much. For, for those that, that um sorry, Tim. I just yeah, want no, to no, say for those that don't um follow us on Twitter or don't check out the website, just listen. Give the website a look because we have two very cool articles every week that are going to come out. One is 20 facts that you need to know for week X, which is 20 fun facts, which are really cool that you want to know for the week. And then sleepers and busts from all three of us and two of our contributing writers, Santiago and Nick. And we are all going to be yeah, part of all of those because we the 20 fun facts are what we've gathered in our research on this, the research, the same research that told you that Mark Andrews is going to be the number one tight end. And Josh research. Running back. We do the How weekly the, research. And who <laughs> apparently the twins told you that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a target machine. You see, I can even flex on things I got wrong. Research. Uh, yeah, anyway, shout out. Uh, we I went a little longer than usual on this Monday episode, but, you know. You know it's got it's special guests here. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. Later. Later. Later.